right, everybody. This is the Sons of History. I am Alan Joaquin. And I'm Dustin Bass. And Dustin, I have a complaint. Okay. Uh, I was at IHOP this morning, mm -hmm. and I saw a girl wearing a Young Life t-shirt. Okay. So I was with a group of friends from high school, and I wanted to kind of like, you know, say, hey, you know, you know wave at her, because uh, I figured she might know who you are, right. being that you are involved with Young Life. Mm -hmm. So as I'm waving, my friends are like, no, 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 don't do that. Wait, wait till after we're done with our meal. And, uh, all right. Well, I think the parents <laughs> saw me like waving at their young daughter because uh -huh. they immediately asked for another table and sat way in the back, far, far away from me. We'll take the smoking section instead. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, quite perturbed by that because, you know, I wanted to say hi. Um, so what is your complaint? In regard well, this isn't my to, official complaint. This is not your gonna official complaint. Okay, gonna yeah, throw we're throwing in, in a new one. one. That's right. No, right. No, no, it wasn't a complaint. I just figured, you know, they'd be like, yeah, if their family's involved in a Christian ministry of some sort, I think they should have been like, oh, hello, I'm Mr. Blah, blah, blah. This is my young 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what the is this, 21st century. <laughs> Take my daughters. Yes, weird things shouldn't happen like that. So no, not at all. Know. Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you, man. Yeah. So. Um, I was yeah, qu quite I mean, distraught by that. Uh, very distraught. I mean, yeah. I don't know what the parents were thinking with a complete stranger um, waving at her 13-year-old daughter. No. <laughs> hey, come here. Yeah. Hey, come here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, now let's... But, but that which, which leads us to a new segment that we're going to have, which is our complaints. Yes. You remember the uh, Festivus where you have the airing of grievances? Uh-huh. We're going to have our airing of grievances. I, I, man, maybe we should call it a Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. Yeah. The airing of grievances. So No, that's something that we... Instead uh, of a scripture, we... you know, well, no, no, we, we should Whoa. continue the scripture. We'll continue the scripture at the end of the broadcast. Yeah. But I think for those who don't share in our faith, for the rest of them, I think we should do the airing of grievances yeah. Um, after uh, you want to do it before or after the oh, book review, what, Let, what? we'll do it after the book review. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah not, or of course. Recommendation, move, book and movie. What does it matter? You're always going to call it a review. Yeah, That's my complaint. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well. <laughs> so, do you have a uh, book and movie recommendation? I do have a book and re movie recommendation. Thank you very much. Um, but before we do that, I want to mention that this episode um, marks the one year anniversary that we've been doing this show. Is this our 52nd or 53rd? This is our 52nd. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Right. So God, it seems like it's been 10 years. It feels like forever since we started this show. Yeah. That's how much of a drain it is on me mm -hmm. to be here with you on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, I used to I've go I've got out. a lot of complaints and I haven't even gotten to my real one. I used to sit and do like my Sunday fun day, you know, go and get drunk and then get behind the wheel, which we don't recommend to our Yeah, but audience. that's you. Yeah. So you're you're actually a really good drunk driver. I you know I haven't been caught yet. Yeah, it's probably because you drive too fast. They cannot catch up to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mustang GT. Yep. Coming that's in handy. My, that's my lucky car. Yep. Yep. So. No, you know, I do the. Uh, I was doing the the uh, lift. <laughs> we don't want our studio audience to uh, get all. Uh, 
Yes, un, unrest. What, what's that word? The uh, restless. Look restless. At me, look at them. You can Unrestful. See, you can see a few of them right now, kind of getting up, yeah. and getting ready to leave. They're out of here. Yeah, see you later. Sit down. Sorry, sit down. Can... we were just kidding. Yeah. So. All right, my we... book and movie recommendation or review, whatever. Yeah. All right. One of my favorite books is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Have you ever read that book? No. You've never read it. No. You need to read it. I. I recommend it. Okay, well... Uh, <laughs> Hence the reason I, you know, it's my recommendation. I, I know that you've, re- you've got a lot of books in here, yes, but there's a lot of these books that you've never read. So why don't you read Frankenstein? One, it's a really good book. Two, it, it puts into perspective, uh, even, even for today, mm-hmm. the danger of playing God. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of people who wish to do that. Um, make decisions for everybody and everything. Um, now, I did read Jurassic Park. Does that count? No, it doesn't. Um, and so what's so good about this story is that, you know, Dr. Victor Frankenstein starts building his monster mm-hmm. um, just to more or less to see if he can make this happen. You know, he'd done a lot of research and he wanted to see if he could make his own creature, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it goes on sort of the premise of sometimes the things that you create come, they come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they come back to kill you. Um, so it's sort of a lesson in be careful what you wish for, be careful what you, what you create with mm-hmm. your own hands, because sometimes we can create our own monsters, um, and that just not just in a corporate sense, but a very individual sense. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are always saying, "Well, why did this? Why did this happen to me? Why?" You know. Well, I think a lot of times, if not a majority of the time, you can look back on your life and see the decisions that you've made that sort of created that monster. Mm-hmm. And I think this this book sort of does a a good job of sort of one telling a good quote unquote famous scary story now um but also putting into perspective for people to hey you need to have some perspective about what you're doing and this is maybe a little bit of foresight for you uh to look into your future before you get going into a certain path so um my movie recommendation well it's october so it's the month of halloween uh it's the devil's month anyways uh the thing have you seen the thing by john the john Carpenter movie back in the 80s with kurt russell uh, I saw parts of it. You haven't seen all of it? Mm-mm. It's one of my favorite um, Halloween movies. So I, I, I typically watch it every year. There is one movie that I watch every year, but I'll give that recommendation later in this month. But it is, you know, I like Halloween. My mother hates the fact that I like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, Christmas is my favorite holiday season, but Halloween is second. Um, so, yeah, those are my uh, recommendations. Go for it. A History of the Middle Ages by Joseph Damas. I know that's going to put a lot of people to sleep, um, but it's actually a pretty interesting book in terms of if you want to know about the Middle Ages, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good companion to say the idiot's guide to the Middle Ages. But uh, What's important about the Middle Ages that people should know about? Quite a bit because it... You know, it went, and, and it's going to be part of our discussion, mind you, but um, 
it was the it was the period between the fall of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. to the modern era era that we have today. You know, some people, in, in some people will say that the medieval period started when Rome fell in 476 A.D. Um, and for me, I, in terms of when it ended, I think most people will agree that it started at 476. Where when it ended, some people will say 1500. Some people say 1453 when Constantinople fell to the Turks. Some people say 1492 when um, Columbus, Columbus uh, not only when Columbus uh, uh, discovered uh, America, but uh, when the, uh, the Moors or the Muslims were kicked out of Spain. The, you know, the, battle the Moors or the Moops? Uh, uh, well, the Moops, yes, that was in <laughs> Trivial Pursuit. It is the Moops. <laughs> so... Uh, so I, I would say 1492 was when the was when the medieval period ended, and you had the modern age of discovery mm-hmm. uh, began, and that's when colonialism really, really started. Yeah. It started colonial colonialism started because when the Turks captured Constantinople, their way to the east was was uh, blocked, mm-hmm. so they had to find other ways to get to. Uh, China, um, you know, stuff like that, because the Silk Road was cut off at that point. So ships, Portugal and Spain, they led the way and uh, went around Africa. Uh, There was no Suez Canal in in that time, obviously, and uh, that's when the Age of Discovery began. Okay. So... Um, and then, you know, just everything in between with, with n- n- the technology, you know, granted we didn't have electricity, but new devices were created. There's even a book called Inventions of the Middle Ages. And, and you had um, the languages that we speak just always influenced by the Middle Ages okay. or the medieval area, whatever you want to call it. Now, the movie um, was kind of... I want to say it's kind of a fictionalized history. It's it's based on possibly a true story. It's called Enemy uh, Enemy at the Gates. It's about the Battle of Stalingrad, and uh, you have uh, a sniper by the name of Vasily Yaitsev, who was a real person, but the exploits in the movie may or may not have actually happened. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a book called Enemy at the Gates, which I've read and I believe I've recommended it once. Um, But there's maybe three or four pages where it talks about um, Vasily Yaitsev and uh, this this major from from, uh, Germany who his mission is to find Vasily Yaitsev and kill him. Mm -hmm. Um, Major Major Koenig, I believe is what his name was, Koenig or Kronig. And um, it's a fascinating story in the movie. The the movie kind of takes on those three or four pages yeah and but what they have discovered is is that uh the germans have claimed that they've never had a major koenig let's just call him koenig major koenig who uh, was part of the uh, german sniper school or anything of sort and if he did exist he was not killed in stalingrad Hmm. so there's a belief that the soviets created this as propaganda that's unlikely i know i know They, they never do such a thing but um but it's still a good story. It is a good story, and you know, I, I you know. And it. speaking of Enemy at the Gates, they, they the movie was made what 10, 15 years ago, somewhere in there. Um, Jude me. Law, Ed Harris, mm-hmm. and this is it's it's uh, it's interesting that it's Russian German, 
you know, that, yes, no, there's the no focus. Americans. There's and no Americans. No Americans movie. are, you know, like it's not an American or British type of movie, mm-hmm. right? And yet Hollywood made it and it and it did very well. It's a pretty well known yeah. uh, war movie. And it does show the horrors of Stalingrad, which Correct. Was... But I'm just saying it's like that's almost an anomaly because typically you don't see movies that are that are focused on a different um, a different country mm-hmm. um, done by Hollywood or mm-hmm. done by America or done by by Britain. Um, it's always, you know, well, it's, there, there it's were, always one of those two. There's a, there's a lot of movies. And yet, there's still a lot did of mo- very well. Yeah. And two white guys did it, right? Two American guys. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of movies that have become Americanized. Um, the War of the Worlds, which was a British story, H.G. Wells. Mm-hmm. Um, you had The Great Escape. I mean, those were all uh, members of the, uh, uh, the British Empire that, that, made the but you know the the great escape but who did who was the lead actor was steve mcqueen steve mcqueen and he was an american in the movie and um i heard that that movie really upset the the british because they're like why is the focus on this guy who didn't even exist yeah and then you had that uh submarine where they captured the enigma the uh, u571 yeah with matthew mcconaughey yes 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 um, that movie really upset our, our uh, English friends because, you know, they were saying, "Look, we were the ones that that did all that. That, yeah. that wasn't an American thing." Now, Americans did capture one Enigma machine, but the British captured three, four, five, or six. I, I don't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. everything that they showed the Americans doing is was what the British really did. So, oh, nice. But um, you know, um, I wonder if, like Matthew McConaughey, when he heard that, he was like. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Maybe he did. All right. New section of our show. We, ladies and gentlemen, are going to provide... We get to complain about something mm-hmm. that we witnessed or we experienced. Um, Alan and I have plenty of... I know me, man. I, I, I complain way too often. I will point stuff out, um, and I'll be around friends and family, and they're like at any point in time, I'll be like, what is this guy doing? Mm-hmm. And they will, nobody will notice it except me. And I'll be able to point it out and be like this, you know, what is, why is he doing that? Why is, you know, whatever. So this is our, this is our moment to sort of let it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to go? No, I'll let you go first. Okay. Here is my complaint for, for the week. And this is one that I've had for quite some time. The United States Postal Service. Not just the service, okay? The service is subpar. Um, it cannot compete with UPS and FedEx as far as efficiency goes. But I think the here is my complaint: the workers, and not just like who's who's walking around. They don't even dress up in uniform anymore. Like the uniform is now optional. Mm-hmm. I'll see them walking around in like Under Armour shirt or shorts. Like, like are you are you my male? person like who are you Mm -hmm. and i i'll see uh the male lady drive drive up and her you know we we have the the big boxes or whatever where everybody's mail is you have to walk out to it it's not at at the front of the house or they don't come to your yard and drop it into your whatever into your mailbox on your house and and she'll she'll drive up and she's in anything other than the united states postal service uniform Mm -hmm. i'm like you can't even like is that is that no longer is that no longer necessary? 
Like, and when they do wear the uniform, it's all untucked. Uh, it looks like it hasn't been washed. I don't think the United States Postal Service workers take their job serious anymore. I think it's like, look, we're never going to get shut down. Mm-hmm. We're a government, um, we're a government funded agents, not agency, but um, group, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen to us. We can do the worst job possible and we're still going to be funded. Mm-hmm. We're still going to go. Doesn't matter. It's really annoying. It's like, just put the uniform on. Yeah. Wear the uniform. Quit showing up in like a bright orange shirt and yellow pants. I have that image in my head from the, from the male lady. I'm just like, this is unbelievable. You know, I was home one time and I heard a loud bang. And I saw, because uh, I have a window by my front door, and I saw the shadow of, of someone and he was standing up. And I heard the loud bang. And obviously what he did was he threw my boxes onto the floor. Threw them. Because it was loud. Mm-hmm. And I opened the door, and I saw the boxes, and I, and I, 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 I mean, I chased him. Yeah. And he wasn't wearing a uniform, but I, I confronted him, not in a, you know, I wasn't being very rude or anything, but I, but I said, sir, please don't throw my boxes next time. And he looks at me, and he's like, I didn't throw your boxes. And I said, yes, you did. I saw you. I was standing on the other side of the window. And he just looked me right in the eyes and says, I didn't throw your boxes. Yeah. Like, and that, that, okay. Yeah. I mean... Now, I'm afraid to sit and argue with him because he'll come back the next day, and if I have boxes, God knows what he'll do <laughs> he'll, to he'll it. kick the boxes. Like, but, yeah, he was not wearing the uniform. I do know that. But, I, but I don't, the, whole, I don't get the whole thing just kind of upset me the way you... Yeah. You know. I don't think they take their job seriously anymore. That's my complaint. Mm-hmm. Do we have cops running around out of uniform? Well, I mean, come on. Vice. Uh, not, uh, yeah, but that's, that's completely different. That's for a different thing. Right. You, got, you got cops running around, uniform, firefighters, uniform, mm-hmm. EMT. You're representing. So represent well. Right. Anyways, that's my complaint. All right. My complaint is people, the way they drive. Now, I'm not talking about the fast drivers because I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about are the people who drive in the far left lane at a moderate speed. (laughs) And then you also have other drivers who... They have to have that unobstructed view. So they're spread out. Yeah. Now, people are, will sit there and they'll complain. Oh, look at these fast. Look at the way they're weaving in and out of traffic. Mm-hmm. The reason why they weave in and out of traffic is because that far left lane is supposed to be for the fast drivers. Right. Get out of the way. Right. Let them pass. Is it that important for you to teach them a lesson? This whole thing, well, they should slow down. No. You should mind your own business. Pull over. <laughs> let them pass. Get out of their way. You're less like don't even f- be in that lane. Don't be in that lane if you're if you're going the same. You've got speed, three other lanes to choose from. If you're going the same speed as everyone else, do not be in that lane. It's it's supposed to be a passing lane. Yeah. Just get out of the way. And you know there there are people who need to be someplace, and there are some people who are just a little bit impatient. If you get out of the way and let people pass, because that is a passing lane you're less likely to see people weaving to the left lane, right lane, middle lane, back and forth, trying to squeeze through. Yeah. Just get out of the way, less chance of an accident. And, but on that point, I will say this. There are some people, it doesn't matter how fast you go, they will end up going faster than you. Like the, That's correct. Like, I mean, 
I, I back, mean, now, I, back in the day, like, I never, I was like, you know, I was driving my car for 12 years, and it was old, 230-something thousand miles on it. Mm-hmm. So, 75 was like, that was the top, because once I got past that 75, you knew mm-hmm. you were going 75 Yeah, car plus, was shaking. Right, yeah, because yeah. I was like, man, now the car that I have, I can just go much faster, yeah, right? And right. so, I'm hitting 80, 85, and you're thinking, this is fast enough. No. Some jerk is like, no, not fast enough. I mean, we need to go 90. We need to go 95, 100. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, what is your, what is the deal? But I, I remember just... like how, how I was like, man, before I got this car that I have now, I'm like, I'm going fast enough. I'm going 10 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, but you know and what? And now if... I'm like, mm-hmm. just, I'm not you know going but nowhere near but fast But if they're enough. on your tail, just move. I mean, just just move. Yeah, or tap your well, brake. There's no reason. No, no. There's no reason for confrontation. You know, I mean, look. I No reason for confrontation. There's no the guy's reason. on your tail. I don't care. He wants confrontation. No, get, just get out of the way. It's, you know, just mind your own Submission. business. I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm in a parking lot, and it's like mm-hmm. one of those one-way only. And if I see somebody going the wrong way, I'm not going to sit there and get in the middle so they can't pass and say, you're going the wrong way. I just... Let them pass. Just leave them alone because you don't know. They might be having a really rough day. They're, uh, Hold on. Somebody's going the wrong way? Yeah, in a parking lot. You know, oh, where, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I used to be one of those people that would be like, sir or ma'am, you're going the wrong way. God knows what they're going through. Maybe, maybe their parent just died or maybe their child was being really rude to them and they're just upset or they had a bad day at work. Well, I understand. What if they don't understand which way is the correct way? Uh, and you were there they'll figure placed it out. at that point in time by God. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. All right. Let's All right. let's jump into our conversation of capitalism versus socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be playing the role of devil's advocate. You're going to be the Bernie Sanders of the I'll be the uh, Bernie AOC. Sanders of the group. Okay. Yeah. Well, not so much AOC. I'm not advocating i gotta eat the babies no she didn't advocate it either i know you were actually very impressed by the way that she uh, yeah I handled thought the AOC, situation i thought aoc handled that she was trying to be polite about it she was blind but for trying to be polite yeah. exactly and i think you're way too into like being polite i'm more into hey you need to be you need to correct the situation like hey lady i, I, I don't care how bad this co2 situation gets uh-huh. we're not eating no kids no i know okay so sh- but I think, sit down I think that was a shut troll. your face huh I, I think that was a troll it doesn't matter even if she even if she you know mm-hmm. even if she was a troll which i think that's been um put out there like i think that's been substantiated right that that I, was i i not uh, she I've was not heard but regardless you know. like if it was me if mm-hmm. i was aoc i would have been like hey Enough. Yeah. Sit down. Somebody yeah, take I this mean, mic away from this. No, girl. no. I would have said, "Look, uh, ma'am, we can't do that. That's that's." Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. You may have said, "You know, look, this is that's yeah. no good." I'm like, I would have been like, "Are you insane? Are you out of your mind? Who put you up to this?" Yeah, I know. Like, I know. get out of my. Yeah. <laughs> I would have flipped out. She she did look like. All right. I first mean, either, off, either she was mentally ill or she was put there as a troll. Yeah, because she came she came across like she may have had some mental issues. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody who's going around advocating eating babies probably has some mental issues. Anyways, um, I don't think people need to have as much money as these billionaires have. Um, and I think, I mean, how can you defend, how can you sit there and defend billionaires for having all this money and the economic inequality that is that is continued to take place 
in the U.S. So as as a capitalist, you're a capitalist. Mm-hmm. I'm a socialist. Mm-hmm. So explain to me how how it's right for business owners to make hand over fist million tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. annually. And well, yet the people who are working for them mm-hmm. that are actually making the, the gears go mm-hmm. are making making just enough to, to, to go paycheck to paycheck. Okay, Explain well, first, that. First of all, I will say this, that um, I'm, as a capitalist, mm-hmm. I am not going to advocate where you know the guy gets a, or the gal gets a golden parachute or whatever that saying is company folds and they get you know a hundred million dollar bonus while while the company is folding um, i'm not an advocate of that in any way in fact if i were a multi-millionaire or a billionaire um i would advocate that that the that they pay their employees better because if you you know a lot of people say uh make the customer happy and you'll make the business grow i'm more of a, the advocate of if you make your employees happy they will make the business grow. And they will do everything in their power to make the business grow. But in this case, what we're going to discuss is how you can justify, let's say, an owner making hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. Number one, it encourages entrepreneurship. Okay, If you look at Amazon or eBay or Rakuten or some of the, a lot of these online services, first you're going to see... Uh, different products that are different people who are trying to make their millions. So if you have different people who are trying to create a bigger and better product, that's going to be good for society in general. iPhones, Androids, someone, you know, it used to be where we had Blackberries. Okay, if we stuck to the Blackberry, you know, it doesn't have the features that you have with an iPhone or an Android. So somebody, you know, like your, um, not, not Gates, what's, uh, what's the guy, who's the guy's name who created Apple? Jobs, Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs became a billionaire because he came out with some fantastic ideas. A lot of other people have come up with some great apps. And they deserve to have their millions or their billions. And now, what are they going to do with their millions or their billions? They're going to spend it. They're going to reinvest. They're going to put the money in the stock market. They're going to, you know, hire, hire people to come and, and clean their home. Okay, well, each person that they hire is, uh, is making money. They put the money into the stock market. Okay, that stock market, that money goes into businesses. 401ks are dependent on those businesses. 401ks are dependent on stocks going up. Um, they put the money in the bank. Okay. Well, now that bank has all this capital, which they can then uh, make loans. If it's your company, you should be able to make as much money as you want. Now, you do have a responsibility, in my opinion, and it shouldn't be a federal or a, or a state responsibility in terms of, of regulating it. But they really should 
give more bonuses, give be- give better bonuses. And what if what about these companies that falter on that responsibility? The ones who don't care, which there it's, apparently but, is a lot of companies like that. Okay. And you have you have companies that come in or they they're like, "Okay, we're not doing well. We're uh-huh. we're a very large corporation. Okay. We're not doing well. Uh-huh. We just hired a new CEO. Right. The CEO wants to make money for who?" The investors for right. the board, right. Right? right? Okay, so that's what he does. What does he do, or what does she do? And you, you, you read this, especially over the past ten to twenty years. You've you've read a lot of this. Mm-hmm. They end up firing ten, fifteen thousand employees so that they can recoup that money. And then guess what? They end up getting like a forty, forty-five million dollar bonus at the end of the year. Which I'm like, why didn't you take that money and? utilize it instead of firing everybody okay. you tell me you can't spend 45 million dollars on the same people that you just fired okay well let me ask you this um can you give me an example of a company that does something like this i think hp did that okay they are did you, that a few years back all right so are you going to go and are you going to purchase an hp product me yeah i'm personally not okay i don't like if, that product if you don't if you don't like it don't go buy the product. I myself, if I hear a CEO saying something that's that really, really pisses me off, I'm not going to go and give my money to that business. Now, I'm not going to go and call for a boycott. I don't believe in boycotts. I believe that people should make up their own minds, their own decisions, and not give their money to that business. So if I see where a, uh, a CEO is just being totally unfair in, in firing 15, 20% of the workforce. Don't go and purchase from that person. Now, if you have a monopoly, which is what socialism, socialism is, then you have no choice but to purchase the product. But if you have capitalism and you allow the market to flourish mm-hmm. and you, you just lay off the, the companies and deregulate, then you're going to have competition. And in that competition, you can sit and say, screw you, I'm not going to buy from you. You know, I've heard a lot of people speak ill of, say, American Airlines. Okay, well, then I'm not going to freak, I'm not going to, I have nothing against American Airlines myself, but I have heard some people complain. I've heard people complain about United Airlines. Well, here in Houston, okay, you don't like United, fly Southwest. If you don't like the way the CEO is uh, doing stuff, Go work for another company. So you don't think that there should be any laws against being cutthroat, cutthroat business, sort of like what Mitt Romney, you know, built his his financial empire on, which is going in to companies and gutting them because they were losing money, and then well, I mean that's just it. The, the company, money off the it. company was losing money to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to go in there and you're going to be cutthroat, okay. You know, I'm not against, say, the media saying, look at what this, you know, jerk is doing Mm -hmm. and letting the public know what this CEO is doing. Okay, um, do I want to have if it's your company, if you created a company or you purchased a company with your own money, it's in your best interest to make it work. It's in your best interest to make it work for yourself as well as for your investors, investors are owners of a company. If I invest, say, but what a if it's a, if shares, it's, what if it's some somebody like what Mitt Romney does, who goes in, okay. his 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 job is not to make the company work. Uh-huh. His job 
or the, the, his his business practice mm-hmm. is to go in and make money off of failing businesses. Okay. Not to go in and you know restructure and recoup and say, hey, let's let's build this baby back up. I'm coming in. I'm purchasing it from you, and I'm here to make the most off of it. Okay, let's by say, just letting it go. Let's let, take a look at some of the businesses. I'm going to give an example here. All right, you you own Blockbuster Video. Mm-hmm. Okay, someone who goes in there now, if if he knows that Blockbuster Video is going to make money in the future, he's not going to bust it up. But if he knows that there's no future left, that people are going to go through, you know, the the, the internet streaming movies. Even Redbox, uh, Redbox is still around. You go up, you 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 know, you're at the grocery store, you pay a buck or whatever it is, and yeah, you, I still you, see people use it. Right, or you do Hulu or or Netflix. Okay, you do it online. You don't even have to leave the home. Mm-hmm. So somebody like a Mitt Romney will know that the writing is on the wall. That people are just not going to want to go into a store, get a DVD or a Blu-ray, and then leave. That that's just not the future. So. You know what? I, I own it now, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to close down a lot of the stores, and I'm going to sell those stores to businesses that actually want that real estate, and and then you know figure out what I can do with the rest of the business, and sell it uh, piece by piece, so the investors won't lose their money. Because remember, there are investors who've already put money into that company, so it's in your best interest to make sure that. You know, let's say you have 10,000 people who have invested in Blockbuster Video. Well, you don't want them all to lose their money. The writing is on the wall. It's going to fail anyway. Makers of black and white TVs. The writing was on the wall. They better move into color TVs when color TVs came out. After color TV, you started having some, you started having like the high def TV. If you don't adjust, Somebody else is going to take the market. Someone else will do what you failed to do. And you don't think that there should be some government protection? Or do you think there should be some government protection for those companies? Instead of adapting, they've already ha- they already have 10, 15, you know, 50,000 employees. Should they be protected against competition? The, uh, the public, if the public wants these companies to stay afloat, then they need to go and make purchases for that company. Now, Walmart, there has been a lot of criticism about Walmart mm-hmm. shutting down mom-and-pop stores. Right. Okay. Well, whose fault is that? It's the consumer's fault. Did they, did they go and help the mom-and-pop stores? You know, did, did people, in general, stop going to mom-and-pop stores and start going to Walmart? Or did some you know, entity tell them, don't go to the mom and pop store. It's the public's fault. It's the consumer's fault. They were the ones that started going to Walmart. Do you, th- I mean, now I know that there you was consider- an advantage. There was an advantage where Walmart can purchase, say, a thousand units of something. Well, that's what a- I'm saying. It's like almost lends itself to a type of crony capitalism. I, I understand that, but... What, which I mean, you want business and government to be separate from each other, Mm -hmm. but when you have these major corporations coming in, well, the government wants them to come in for financial reasons, right? You're doing them a favor, it's a quid pro quo, wouldn't you think? Okay, um, if let's say I own a mom and pop store, why not 
I'm just giving an example here. Why not get together with some of the other mom and pop stores and say that, you know, we want to purchase as as a block or as a, as a unit. You know, we're going to purchase so many units of something. Then they can work with shippers or or wholesalers and say, look, instead of us purchasing, let's say, uh, 20 notebooks or whatever, they can say, we're all as a group, we're going to purchase a thousand units of something, and then we'll we'll split it up. You know, work work as some sort of a guild, which is what happened in the Middle Ages to begin with. You ha- you had guilds to protect uh, certain businesses, and you know that led to today's unions. You know, there are pros and cons to the unions. Yes, I I understand that, but you know, you have some people who don't want to even be who don't want to be part of a union. And they can get shut out because some some states will say you can only run a business if you hire union people. Well, that, I mean that's not fair to the non-union person. Right. When a when a government entity when a government comes in and tries to regulate businesses, I mean look at the post office. You talked about the post office, okay? That's a government. That's a government agency. I, I know. I understand they're they're independent to some extent. Because they, they try to make their own money. Mm-hmm. But if you look at how the workers are compared to, let's say, your FedEx or your UPSs, the FedEx and the UPSs, their service is far better. You know, if, um, let's say, I purchase a book online, I'm much more happy or, or content if I see that they're shipping via FedEx or UPS because I can see exactly where it is. But with the post office... I hope to God I get it, because I don't know where it is. I, I in, in in the stage of where it's being shipped, not all the time, but many times I don't I don't know where it is. I don't know when it's going to get there. Uh, I'm lucky. I'm hoping. And if it does get lost, you know they shrug their shoulders and they're like, "Sorry, there's nothing we can do." Well, I mean, you have so you said business owners should should come together and you put it on the shoulders of the consumers. But what if these business owners don't want to go corporate? What if they don't want to have a big business? They just want to, they want to keep that small town feel, that mm-hmm. small town atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you may have a nice, quaint little town. And then you all, all of a sudden you got a big old Walmart that just sort of brings an eyesore. I know, but you know what? Like I said, they, they're going to have to adjust. Um, what Maybe what they can do is get specialized where you are sending stuff to other states. So what are your what are your options to to if you don't want to adjust, if you want to have the status quo mm-hmm. of look, we've got a town of 5,000 people, we've got a town of 15,000 people. We don't need a massive Walmart. What 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 do you what do you do then? What are the options a- aside from okay, well my other option is Walmart comes in and we all go out of business. Okay. First of all, Walmart is going to go into, say, a town and they're going to say they're going to see if it's feasible to build a Walmart in a certain area. If they see the hostility and they see that they're really not going to make any money, they're not going to build in that location. Now, again, it's incumbent upon the people to continue using their dollars at the mom and pop store. If the mom and pop store is not getting any sales, it's your fault as a consumer if you go and you purchase at Walmart. Well, okay. 
So do you, do you really want the government sitting and telling you you can't go buy at Walmart? You have to go buy from your mom and pop. Do you really want the government to do that? Government can't. I mean, look at everything that they touch. They're the opposite of the Midas touch. Whenever they create bills to, you know, when it comes to businesses, they, they ruin it. And, and, you know, anytime something is deregulated, AT&T, for instance, when, uh, when AT&T was deregulated and um, they, they're, they're, um, they, they were no longer, they no longer had the monopoly, you had all these businesses, MCI, you had Sprint, they came out. You had, you know, it used to be where a phone, uh, your phone was a rotary dial and it went into a cord where the cord went into the wall. Well, with capitalism, we had all these new cell phones that came out. Motorola came out with a, with a cell phone and then something better came out. Well, the people who own Motorola, those guys lost their jobs. Sprint came out with a new phone. And then... Um, was it there was uh was it you had the android you had you had the iphone so all these new companies started coming out the i mean the people who owned blackberry all the the people who worked at blackberry they lost their jobs people stopped buying blackberry they started buying something else blackberry didn't adjust well i mean you you had um AT&T when they got broken up mm-hmm. what 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 happened after that you have you have a couple of companies that that come out and guess what there's is now the same amount of companies nothing's mm-hmm. changed well you, you know, know AT&T it, now has a number of different companies under their true, belt right um, but they adjusted and Verizon a- and Sprint yeah. and T-Mobile but yeah. I mean Sprint's been on on the fence for god knows how long because but but how many companies have come out of that? It's not like they came out with a whole bunch of different companies. Mm-hmm. There's only a few. So to an extent, nothing changed. Okay. There's only yeah. there's only a couple that have been, look at the car industry. That's mm-hmm. private. But how many new car industries or, or car uh, brands come out? Like none. You've had Ford, Chevy, and what else? What else other American made, you know, Tesla brand is Tesla. there? Tesla? Yeah. Okay. I mean, but, but that's like one in what, a hundred years? But you also had competition from Toyota or Nissan. You know, we, you had a lot of Japanese, German cars, Swiss. Right, but that's on, a, on Swiss, a global Swedish, scale. Swedish, right. But, but people have a choice. People have a choice. It, it's very hard to create a new car company now. I, I understand that, but, you know, the way you, the way you do it is you start small, and then you have to build. You know, look at Starbucks. Well, I just know when, Ford, when Ford got started, they could not get in. So Ford couldn't break into the industry. Henry Ford couldn't break into the industry for a long time. He kept going and, you know, suing to really break into the industry, right? Well, they didn't want him in. Because he was going to be, you know, wanted to sell, you know, cars, one, cheaper. I don't even know if they knew his plan. They just mm-hmm. didn't want any competition. Who didn't want his competition? I'm wanting, uh, I want to say it was uh, some Italian company. But this was like okay. turn of the century. But who was stopping him? The government. Ah. The government was. The government. Exactly. So if the government so, got off his back, he could have done whatever he wanted. And he did, right? Okay. He did whatever he wanted to. Right. And guess what? What but competition has, has shown up since then? But but what competition? Well, no. But here's the thing: is you have to keep in mind is is that it was the government that came in there and said, "Hey, you can't do that." If if the government got off his back and didn't interfere, 
then he wouldn't have had problems getting into the market. Right. But now it's big business that is taking the role of the old no, government who, who attacks I mean, who attacks small businesses right, or tries to shoulder them out. Microsoft, um, Microsoft or buy has, them out. I know Microsoft has purchased all these little, exactly. little, little companies. Facebook has done the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. And to an extent, it's like, well, what government quote unquote used to be now big business has become right. sort of what it was a hundred years ago with you know say. Uh, standard oil, but there right? are, there are they rules. were buying everybody right. out. But there were rules that stated was it the Sherman Antitrust, mm-hmm. where they said, "Okay, you've become a monopoly. We're going to have to bust you." Now, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm for or against that, but that is available as an option. And uh, my concern mm-hmm. is now big business has become government. To an extent, they become so big. Mm-hmm. You've got Facebook, you've got Google, you've got you know a couple of, of um, uh, communication companies like Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a couple of car companies. Uh, you you look at the energy companies. It's it's all monopolized. If you don't like Facebook, use a different platform. They um, keep buying they, everybody out. I, I know, I know, but you and know, guess what? They now they have all of your personal information. I. Believe me, I just like who, right? But I just would like, like who, J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. Okay, now I know you. You Google and Facebook, and they now keep track they of become everything. so big, government can just get right, right. in with them, mm-hmm. and they've already right. done all the work for the government. Right. But you know, like okay, I don't use Google. I don't. When right. I wanted to do a search, I use DuckDuckGo. But that's my choice. If you want to use Google, go right ahead. If you want to use Yahoo, go right ahead. You know there were other, there were other uh, web web searches. I remember one called uh, Web Web Crawl or something like that. Well, people just didn't use them. It's it's your job to keep competition. If you want to use, if you're tired of using Google all the time, use something else. Use a different product. If you don't like, you know, a certain fruit company, or and what you if there like... are no products out there? Huh? What if there are no products out there? Okay, that's that's a monopoly. But I got to make my own. Make your own. Yeah. If you're, let's say, a billionaire, okay, you have billions of dollars uh, under your belt, okay. They understand that they understand that there is a market for competition, and they will go and they will create that new market. They will create that new business. All right. I mean, well, what do you think? You know, like I said, with the BlackBerry, there were people who said we can make a better product than BlackBerry. Now, BlackBerry, everybody had a BlackBerry. Who has a BlackBerry now? Before that was remember the Palm. Palm Pilot. Palm. I think it was called the Palm Pilot. But you had the little Palm where you sat there and you did. Right. Okay. Palm was number one. Okay. Then BlackBerry took over. Then you you had the iPhone, you had the Droid, you had the Android, you had Samsung, you have this, you have that. Okay, now um, I think there's what a Google phone or God knows what it'll, what what's available nowadays. And then you had all these different product, different companies like AT and T and Sprint. So, and, give me your perspective on this. Bernie Sanders has been he's been doing his thing for freaking 30, 40 years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. His idea. Um, I know when he first got into into politics was everything needs to be small business. It can be regional, but when we start going national and global, 
we run into the problems of big business. Big business having too much power, not just in everybody's lives, but also within the government. They have way too much pull. They are the billionaires. Mm -hmm. They are the one percenters. They're the ones that are running the show, right? Um, What are your thoughts on making it to where, okay, we focus just on small business or medium-sized business or regional. It can be a big business, but it can own, it needs to just be, it needs to be almost like how the government was set up. The federal government was set up where you have everything, you know, the people who are representing you, mm-hmm. you know, the people that you're working for. I mean, how many corporations do you have and, or even, you know, relatively large businesses that you have where the employees have no idea they've never even met their, their boss. They've never even met the business owner. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a, a detriment? Well, I mean, of course it's a detriment, but I mean, I mean again, you know, like in my company, I've never met the, the CEO. I've, ne- I've never met him. But, I mean, should we have a law that states he needs to meet me? Does, is, do you want government to create a law that states that the CEO has to go and meet each and every person? You know, the government was the one that told banks that they had to provide loans to high-risk groups. People, you know, low-income low affordable housing, okay? They were the ones that, that told banks, you have to start, you know, because banks used to sit and say, you know, if you're a high-risk group, you know, we're going to charge a lot of interest or we're just not going to give you the loan because we don't see how you're but going to But they were deal- trying to help people get out of their situation. But look what happened. Look what happened, okay? A lot of banks were like, fine, we'll, we'll give you loans, but they came out with some of these these tactics. You know, and, and, you know, a lot of the salesmen were like, you know, uh, was a countrywide. Countrywide was like, okay, let's just give all these, let's give all these loans out to high-risk groups and once they did, then they sold those loans to uh, other companies, and those other companies they went kind of belly up because people just, you know, the the, the interest rate would be say you know six percent or five percent at the time. At the time, that so was you a good thing. do you blame the predatory lending on the government? I, you know, I I'm just saying that the government took it, the the government demanded that banks give loans to people who could not afford to pay the money back that predatory lending came out of it because they they didn't want to risk giving money to people that they knew were never going to give them their money back so they had to adjust they had to adjust if we're now being forced to give money to someone that we know is not going to pay us back they had to improvise, overcome, adapt, as Clint Eastwood once said. And that's where the whole, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit and say that that solely was the reason. Because I heard like the uh, Phil Graham was also involved in, in something. Uh, and then I've heard the whole derivative argument. But I will say, though, that it, it, that a lot of it was very responsible. The, the, the crash, the market crash of 2008, much mm-hmm. of it was was because that you forced banks and savings and loans to give money to people who just could not afford to pay the money back. And these, these banks, these, sa- these lenders were saying, you know what, don't worry if you don't have the money. You know, instead of giving us 20% down, you know, you, you, know, you put 20% down on a home, you're going to do everything in your power to make sure you don't lose that money. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you say, 
uh, give a loan out at say 103%. And that, that 3% that, oh, that goes over 100 is because of the fees and all that. So if you need a home, a $100,000 home, and you're giving someone say $103,000, and that's to cover the fees, and they haven't put any money, well, you know, if the, if the, if the house, uh, if you default on the loan, they don't care. But if, if they have to pay say $20,000, they don't want that 20000 gone. So, so how do we overcome any income inequality to jump to jump to the next to the next subject? How do income. we overcome income inequality? Because it seems like the rich keep getting richer. Maybe mm-hmm. the poor isn't aren't getting poorer, but they're definitely not closing the gap. Well, the, that the, gap continues to get wider. The rich and wider. are getting richer, but the poor are getting richer. It's just that the poor aren't getting as rich as fast as the rich are. Does that make sense? Yeah, and why is that? Well, you know, if, if a poor person wants to make more money, one of the things they need to do is they need to get more job training. Now, where I would attack this is, is make training or college more affordable. There's no reason in the world why if inflation is, let's say, 3% or 2%, that a university education is going to be uh, increasing at, say, 5 10%. And another thing is, is not every single person needs to go to college. Go to a training school. There are a lot of jobs that, you know, companies can't fill their payroll because, you know, they need a skilled worker to do a certain thing, and but no one's taking it. If you know that we need more plumbers, go be a plumber. Those mm-hmm. guys make a lot of money. Get get training. Okay, you don't like you don't want to be a plumber. Okay, I can understand that. You know, I don't necessarily like the job that I do. Sometimes there are days when I just dread Sunday night, Monday mornings. I don't want to go to work, but you know what? It's a skill that I have, and if I want to improve my lot in life. I need to, I need to get some sort of training. You get a marketable skill. If you don't get that marketable skill, why in the hell is the company going to want to pay you more? There's someone else that's going to take the job from me, and that other person will gladly take the job. So I I do believe, I do believe that men and women who make billions of dollars should give back to the community. And I'm not talking in, in terms of aid. I'm talking about, you know, if, if you make billions of dollars, create a new company. Create, you know, if you know, if you know of people who, you know, like that shark, uh, what's that TV show, that shark? Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Become, do your part. If you have people who want to invest money, help these people out. Help them out. Let their dreams be realized get a percentage because you are investing your money into that business. You can help their business expand. You make a little bit of money and then go to the next person. Here's another inventor. Here's an inventor with something that he thinks he or she thinks will help society in general. I mean, look at what we have today. You know, microwave ovens. We have high-def TVs. We have air conditioning. All that was invented by somebody. Just... Do your part. Billionaires need to do their part. Billionaires do need to do their part. There, do, there does have to be some kind of like a uh, social pressure to get people with a lot of money to do their part for society. But again, you know, they're going to go and they're going to buy, say, luxury boats. They'll buy luxury cars. 
Well, men and women have to make those boats and those cars. And if they're going to hoard money in the banks or in an investment company, well, those investment companies are making money themselves. They hire people. So you have that flow of capital, that money that's just flowing and flowing and flowing, and it's being used. There's a byproduct where that money is being used for something. If a bank has $20 billion to loan out, then they're more than likely going to loan out that money to uh, potential uh, business owners. So you've seen the movie Wall Street with Michael Douglas? Yeah, but see, he was breaking the law. Right. Okay. But when he, says, when he says greed is good, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? You know, the reason why he was saying that is, is that, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard to say. And I know that that's a fictional movie. It I, is. But I, I get that. But, you know, but like The Wolf the on same, Wall Street. Correct. I, no. I, but, but at the same time, there are these Wall Street guys, mm -hmm. these corporate CEOs, these stakeholders mm -hmm. who believe that greed is good. The more you get, the more you get. Okay. Um, what is positive out of that? What is positive about that is, is and that, and and you've you've already mentioned like if you the more money you get the more that you can invest is that happening? You need you, we do need to have an ethical society. We do need to have a considerate society. Uh, do you want to make billions at the expense of say tens of thousands of people? You're not going to go and destroy a company simply because you're going to make billions. You're going to want to. You're going to want to keep a company if it makes money. You're going to want to keep that company, and you're going to want to make money off of it, and you want to increase your own capital. So, if a billionaire goes and he purchases a company, if it's a losing company, yeah, he's going to sell it because it's going to die regardless. But if it's a money-making enterprise, he's not going to go in there and shut it down. He's going to let it flourish. You know, I, I was going to mention about Starbucks coffee. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of say the CEO of Starbucks or anything like that. And and I won't go and I myself I'm not going to go and buy coffee from Starbucks. I just won't. But there's competition out there, and the competition they cater to people such as myself. Okay, I make coffee myself. Black Black Rifle Coffee is an example. Okay. They, they market their coffee with conservative groups. And so people, when they advertise on conservative stations, people such as myself, I'll go online and I'll purchase black, black Rifle coffee. Or I'll go someplace that sells Black Rifle coffee and, I'll, and I will purchase it. I made a conscious decision to go and do that. So you, you, you have to learn to adjust. You have to. You know, Black Rifle Coffee, there, there, are no, there are no Black Rifle Coffee stores where you can go and purchase that coffee. You buy it online, all right? Now, the mom-and-pop stores, they're going to need to adjust because I can buy, let's say, a book online and have it delivered to me at work or at home rather than get up, get into traffic and drive to, say, Barnes & Noble or Half Price Books. And pay full price for a book when I can get it at, say, a 20%, 30% discount if I buy it online. You have to adjust. It's, you know, I mean, look, 
Amazon, but what eBay if you are, is convenient. Amazon is owning the market. They're I, not I understand just competing that. in the market. Now they have created the, their own market. Right. But and nobody many, can compete with that. I, well, you know, you can, first of all, they hire a lot of people. Number one. Number two, you can still buy from competition. You know, I'll buy from, say, eBay. Or if I'm on eBay and I see that, um, that the person has their own business, I will go and I will look it up and I will see, okay, such and such, say, bookstore or camera shop, they have their own website. They can ship. I'll do that. So All right. you have to adjust. Okay, Fit I'm going to throw gov- some. Get people like Nancy Pelosi off your back. Go do your own thing. Nancy Pelosi Nancy does- Pelosi is a saint. Nancy Pelosi knows nothing about business. Bernie Sanders knows nothing about business. Lawyers know nothing about business. Businessmen know how to run a business. When you want to know how to run a hospital... All of a sudden, when Bernie Sanders starts getting into the business realm, he becomes part of the 1%. Everybody's mm-hmm. giving him a hard time. Capitalists well, give him a hard time for now making money. Because he has made money through capitalism. He did not make money through socialism. He's an Yeah, he did. $174,000 a year being a senator. But you don't get rich being... Uh, that's take that's socialism. Well, that's taking from the taxpayers I, I, and right, you know, right. And is that fair? No, it's not fair. But as a capitalist, if he's going to sell a book, and he's going to make and people are, are going to go and act to actively purchase that book, okay. If you're against capitalism, it's your fault. So for he, buying the you book. think he should stop speaking against capitalism now that he accidentally became part of the one percent? I think he's being a hypocrite. If he wants to go and speak, fine, but don't vote for him if you think he's being a hypocrite. So don't not, vote for not, him. So you're not voting, I'm for, not Bernie voting Sanders. for Bernie Sanders. The guy is a capitalist, but he's he's trying to remove the option of capitalism for everybody else but him. Now, you know, like we have a certain preacher here, I won't mention his name, but there's a preacher here who makes a lot of money. Well, he doesn't get generate an income from that church. He generates an income from the books that he sells. Okay, can you blame the guy for being a multimillionaire? People buy his books. Now, does that make him uh, evil? No. Does it make him a hypocrite? Yeah. But how, not, how how does that make him a hypocrite? Well, because you're 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 a church person. So you're supposed to be poor. Yeah, I know. You know what? I don't. I'm gonna say this. I don't think you need to be poor. I think you you don't need to buy, let's say, a, a fifteen million dollar house. Oh, however, so you are however, you're the socialist. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. So no. you're the no. one telling other I'm people. Saying, okay, self, you don't need self, this. Hold on, hold on. It's self-regulated. Okay. The government should What if somebody came into your house and were like, you don't need all these books? You're well, not I, even no, reading them. I, I'm going to say to them, it's none of your business. And it's none of my business what this preacher purchases. It, it's not. He can buy whatever he wants. Right, but until, he's, until but now. He's making, it's himself, your business. he's making himself look bad by buying, a, say, a $15 million house. At the same time, I'm going to play devil's advocate within this devil's advocate. You can't do that. I, I'm going to. <laughs> Somebody, somebody had to build that house. So yeah, they there were a lot of workers were hired to build that house. Capitalism, okay. It's this is why I do believe that morals have to be have to be teach. You need to teach morals. You need to teach ethics to people who are in school. Parents need to get involved. Parents need to teach right versus wrong. Okay, 
if I wore this, well, what about parents who who can't even be around their kids because they're they're working multiple jobs? They, they don't even have enough money to make ends meet. It's well, and there are a lot if, of people out there, there like if that. If there were if there were uh, CEOs that just gave money, it paid their employees better so that people you know didn't have to. You know what? You don't have to have let's say. Uh, two luxury but if cars. you pay if you pay your employees Listen, better there's the argument from the capitalist I, side that you can't I, you I can't have more employees you I, have to you have to let some of them go I understand that but you don't need all the technology which you are purchasing you know people have chosen to have cell phones rather than say landlines okay if you're upset that you're paying three hundred dollars a month for cell phones don't get a cell phone just get a landline you don't have to have the latest cell phone. You don't. You don't have to have the latest technology when it comes to movies. You can still run everything you want with a DVD Right, but player. unfortunately, people have to have jobs. They have you to have an income. You don't have to have an HDTV. You don't, ha- you don't have to have all these things. You don't need a five, six room, you know, $4,000 uh, square foot house, but if four thousand dollars square foot no, four, house, four, what the hell is that? A four thousand square foot house. <laughs> if you want to, go ahead, but face, but you have to pay for your own bills. You have to face your own consequences. If you are going to put yourself in debt, that's your fault. Okay. If your if your disposable income allows you to buy a house that's let's say you're paying three thousand a month on the mortgage. Okay, and that's all you can afford is say three thousand dollars a month. Don't buy a house that's three thousand dollars a month. Buy a house that's say two thousand dollars a month, and then you have that one thousand dollars to save. Don't stretch your income, or don't stretch you know what your what your payments are because you can do it. You should ask yourself, should I do it? Not what I could, but what I should. So, don't go and buy a big giant house simply because you can. Do it because, all right, you've got extra, extra disposable Well, income. there's a lot of people out there who have no disposable yeah, I mean, income. You don't need, yeah. okay. If so, you, want, if you have I'm just the money, saying. listen, if you have the money to go buy, say, a BMW. I mean, how does this not fall into Marxism where, you know, people because are being exported the person, for their work? The person is making the decision, not the government. It's up to you. If you want to buy that BMW and, and you can't make the payments, that's your fault. If you can't afford a BMW... Go buy a Chevrolet. What if they I'm can't sorry. even afford a bicycle? What? What if they can't even afford a bicycle? This isn't Namibia. I don't you can know where that is. It. It's in Africa, Southwest. <laughs> Namibia. Southwest. It used to be uh, Southwest Africa. Southwest Airlines? Southwest Africa. All right. I'm going to throw some numbers at you, and then we're going to end. Right. Um, 2001 to 2019, I'm going to throw these countries your way. 2001... The USA had 272 billionaires. 2019, 607. Canada, 16. Now they have 45. India had five. Now they have 106. Mm -hmm. China had one billionaire in 2001. Guess how many they have now? I couldn't even venture to guess. Just throw a number out there. One. 324. Okay. They've grown 324% mm-hmm. billionaires. What do you make of that? I make that I'm in the wrong business. Or the wrong country? <laughs> no, I, I mean... What do you make about 
billionaires that there is obviously new billionaires, right? Okay. There are obviously a lot of new billionaires. What do you make of that? Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I can't see how it could be. A bad would you thing. say that the correlation would be that since there are more billionaires, there should probably be more millionaires. And if there are more millionaires, there should probably be more 100,000 heirs. I, I, I Is would that like, correlation taking place? You know, I'll, 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 I will say this. If you're going to create, if you're going to create a society where you are making billions upon billions upon billions of people and the society is not catching up and they're not doing very well, you're going to face problems regardless. Um, I know that, say, in Mexico, they, now I've heard this from Mexicans. They'll say that there's no middle class. You have the poor and you have the rich. Now, these rich people are having to live behind gated home, gated communities. They have to have armed guards, um, glass, broken glass on the walls to keep the poor out. Okay, They're creating their own prisons. Sooner or later, if it keeps up, you're going to have something like the French Revolution. So it, you're, you're going to have to face the decisions that you make, the consequences that you make. If you're going to create that society where you don't bring up the people with you. I mean, look at Mattress Mac, how much he helps the community here in Houston. He's doing it right. He helps a lot of people. And guess what? People go and buy mattresses and furniture from him because of how much he gives back to the community. If you have the reputation where you're uncaring, you're going to be ostracized, and rightfully so. So in some of these countries where you have people who are dirt poor and you've got people that are super rich, they're creating their own prison. Now they run the risk of being kidnapped. They run the risk of being attacked in their own homes. If they were to say, give to the community, instead of paying someone, let's say, I'm going to throw a number, a buck a day, pay people a livable wage. It's your option to do that. Don't let the government go and do it. But it's your option that you pay these people a livable wage. Then people are going to be clamoring to come and work for you. And they're going to do a good job because they know that if they are not doing a good job, you've got 20 other people who are ready to take your job at any time. Mm -hmm. So there's a responsibility among these billionaires to do the right thing. They, they just have to. But it can't be government regulated. It's got to be... You know, this is why I think it's so important that, that morals are taught. You know, if, you are, if you're a God-fearing man, for me, as a God-fearing man, there are things that I don't do, even if I know I can get away with it, like stealing. I'm not going to steal, even if I know I can get away with it, because I know it's wrong. And if I steal from someone, I'm hurting, say, someone who, who's, uh, even if they're very wealthy, I'm still stealing from them. And if everyone else does the same thing I'm doing, then there's, there's going to be money that's going to be lost mm -hmm. from the owner of the business. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that was Alan and I going on the both sides, giving it uh, capitalism versus socialism, um, playing playing both sides. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I hope we did a pretty good job of giving both sides of how, you know, people think on 
the capitalist and the socialist side. Um, and we want to end on a scripture, but you have one more thing you want to mention? I do have one more thing I, I want to mention real quick, which I, I meant to mention this and I completely forgot. Okay. During the Middle Ages, what got people out of the feudal society that really helped, other than, say, kings coming into the picture, was capitalism. Many of the people in those days when, when the, when the uh, climate warmed up a bit, they were able to grow more food. When, the, when these tenant farmers were able to grow more, these serfs, when they were able to grow more food, they were able to sell that food or barter that food. And it created kind of, uh, uh, you know, like a, a middle class somewhat. And then a lot of these people who now suddenly had more money in their pockets other than, you know, the, uh, the princes and, and uh, the barons, well, they, they, if they had all this extra money, they a lot of times would purchase art, like merchants would purchase art. That's what led to the Renaissance. People were ready. They had disposable income. They were ready to purchase pretty things. And artists now were able to get paid for the work that they did. That's what led to the Renaissance. In Florence, Florence, was led, Florence led the way. Beautiful architecture, beautiful paintings, beautiful sculptures. Because someone was willing to pay these artists money. And it was all because of capitalism. So what happened to the, uh, the focus or, or what happened to the saying, more money, more problems? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, look, fire, fire and water, we all need fire and water. But if you have way too much, you could have a forest fire, you could have a flood. Moderation. Yeah. And moderation... Well, that's a scripture reference to Notorious B.I.G. That's one of his scriptures. So, So. I I just, you know, people need need to be moral. People need to be ethical. And that will lead the way to having a just society. Well, we want to end on a scripture. um, And this goes into what you're saying of how the billionaires or business owners or people with a lot of money should consider, you know, doing, doing business. Uh, but it's also goes to just the common person. Um, this is Luke six thirty eight. says, give and you will receive your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. I think of Mattress Mac right there. Mattress Mac gives and gives and gives, and he's getting and getting and getting. Yeah. So give and it'll come back to you. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. And that's financially, that's giving of your time, um, that's giving of just compliments. Um, it just has a way of coming back to you. All right. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Alan, where can everyone find us? Uh, they can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And we also have our very own website. Yes, we do. www.thesonsofhistory.com. That's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Go Astros. Let's please take out these Yankees. We will talk to you all next week. Have a good one.